Hello, Anne Jones here, and you're listening to Off Track. Over the last couple of episodes, we've been hearing from some of the best international nature broadcasting and audio. And this week, we have a gorgeous audio zine that's made up of contributors from all over the world. It's called Queer Out Here. It's wonderful, intimate and meditative. And I feel like it's an invitation to hear the world through the ears of someone else and to slow down and take a walk. The editors and hosts are Jonathan and Alice, and they've done a marvellous job with Queer Out Here so far, both contributing their own thoughts and also pulling together submissions from people who identify as LGBTQIA+, and who have a reflection of themselves in the outdoors. What you're going to hear is an edited version of just the first issue of Queer Out Here, and I've selected some of the pieces which are mostly, but not exclusively, from Australia. You can listen to the full issue, which I do recommend doing, at queerouthere.com or find the links on the Off Track website. Who else is out here? I'm going to throw my selfie. Think of all the sordid things that have probably happened. Can I just look? I've lived in this part of the world all my life. Who else is out here? Because there is a farm. Still the ragged lady guns dance their sets. Cold and fresh. Who else is out here? Minnesota Midnight. I dive in. This is Queer Out Here, an audio zine that explores the outdoors from queer perspectives. Welcome to issue one. I'm Alice. And I'm Jonathan. And we are super excited to share the pieces in this issue with you. When we put out our call for submissions, we had no idea what kind of a response we'd get, or if anyone would respond at all. We've received a great variety of pieces, from poetry and conversations to field recordings, stories and sound art. We have pieces about adventures, walking, swimming, queer group trips, international travels about relationships, fun times, sadness, love and companionship. And about fields, beaches, towns, cities, woods and highways. So a big thank you to all our contributors and to the people who helped circulate our call for submissions. And also to you, the listeners. We hope you enjoy listening to Issue 1 as much as we've enjoyed putting it together. And now it's time to take you as adventuring. Let's Let's get get queer out out here. here. Hi, I'm Gary, and here we are in the middle of the woods somewhere with the Rainbow Alliance Walk, Bunkley Walk, um, and we are on our five-mile walk, I think it is. Yeah. And uh, you're listening to Queer Out Here. Joe Impey, a producer at the BBC, has, over the last couple of years, and with some encouragement from her girlfriend, been discovering the great outdoors, mainly through walking, hiking and outdoor swimming. And when I say outdoor swimming, I don't mean just any old outdoor pool, but the ponds on Hampstead Heath, in all kinds of weather, in all seasons. Oh, 
Can I just look and record some sound of the rain? Can you describe, like, what happens when people get in when, when it's covered with ice well, like the that? The problem with, with ice is that you can't see where the edge of the ice is, if, even if there's clear water, because the water goes over the top of the ice flow and then makes it look like water. And particularly when you're in there, at the level of the water, you can't see the edge. And the edge can be incredibly sharp and can be extend several feet beyond what you can naturally see as ice. And it's incredibly sharp because it's sharp and you're, because your skin's very cold, you don't notice the fact that you can cut and you've seen people with injuries yeah yes they come out of the water and they've it's like paper cuts and we spend a lot of time stopping them going near the edge of the ice um and they think they're completely fine uh, and they come out of this horrible cut so we have to be incredibly careful it looks just like a kind of black depth doesn't it yeah except when you see the bubbles i guess bubbles moving under it you know yeah yeah so it's actually very shallow i mean at the moment it's raining normally when it's raining the the ice would have melted already because it's warmed up that much but this is quite thick ice so it'll take a while for this to go and the deeper the pond it holds the cold longer yeah which is why this place freezes i think in a certain time it hasn't it'll probably yeah. freeze quicker and lose heat faster being shallow but it'll also warm up faster so it holds its temperature I mean in depth yeah mm. the ducks were doing really good sliding skating <laughs> <laughs> I would like that plans don't always unfold as we want them to Joe wanted to swim but the weather decided otherwise and I'm glad it did The result is an almost accidental piece, a found story, like a found sound. And it paints a vivid picture, as if we are there too, watching the ice on the water. As I am walking, I am becoming walking, I am becoming Now, 
I recorded the tracks used in this piece while on beaches, forests, paths, tracks and the bush in the UK, Norfolk, East Sussex and Wales, and in Australia, along the Snowy River. Many of these sounds were collected on the traditional lands of the Ngarrigo and especially of the Croatunkalung people of the Gunai Kurnai nation. I acknowledge your sovereignty, that your country was never ceded, and I pay my respect to your elders, past, present and emerging. Hi, I'm Ruth and I'm on a beautiful walk near Burwash and you're listening to Queer Out Here. Thanks, Ruth. Next is a piece produced by Erin Kian, a disabled queer transman who is a zine creator and a spoken word performer. Described as poetry augmented with sound, his piece is an extract from his zine, Floodlight Viscera. Excerpt from Floodlight Viscera, number 12. Let's dip into some moments. The first is brunch in the sun. Sitting across from the man I love, we drink tea and point to passing dogs. We are at our favorite cafe, just a few doors down from our home. The food is rich and delicious. And as we chat about politics and art and community, I gaze at him and I think, every time, how glad I am for this to be my life. Beachside in the winter. Cold and windy and wet, we are alone with the shoreline. The ocean gulps and whispers, and even the gulls are quiet. Every breath drawn is cold and fresh, like crisp apples and morning dew. The world feels bigger here. The breadth and depth of the sea reminds us that we are nothing. Which is a relief when faced with burdens overwhelming. I find road trips therapeutic. It's easy to filter through your thoughts and feelings while gazing out the car window. Because there's nowhere for you to go to escape yourself. But you're not trapped. You're moving. The changing scenery helps lubricate your subconscious, gliding you through the maze of mind until you can find peace and resolution. Ah, I love the way that body and place mingle in Aaron's piece, uh, and the way that he weaves field recordings around the poem to help immerse us in the moment. I can really feel the atmosphere of the cafe and the bite of the sea breeze and the car pulling out onto the long highway. As you can hear, Erin is Australian, and he notes that this piece was written, recorded, and produced on the stolen land of the Boonwurrung people of the Kulin Nation. Uh, 
The creator pays respect to all elders, past, present and emerging, and extends that respect to all Indigenous people who are listening. Sovereignty was never ceded. Australia always was and always will be Aboriginal land. You're listening to Off Track on ABC Radio and today we've got a special presentation of Queer Out Here, an audio zine, it's sort of like a podcast, where nature lovers from all over the world who identify themselves as broadly speaking queer submit their sounds and their thoughts on what it's like to be outside. Next we have two poems from Belinda Rule, who is a Melbourne writer of poetry and fiction. Her work has appeared extensively in journals and anthologies, and the two poems she reads here have previously been published in print, Highway Shepparton in Eureka Street and Rooms in Foam E. The poems describe the ways in which place and relationships and memory are intertwined. I'll let Belinda introduce them. Two poems from Belinda Rule. Like many queer people, I'm estranged from a large part of my family, We were a camping and travelling family and I have quite a passionate relationship with the places we used to go. But the memory of family is intertwined with the memory of place so that even when I'm literally standing in the beloved place, I still feel that I am in exile. And that's what these poems are about. Highway, Shepparton. Did you know the other day... I drove that northern road again. Who knew you could assail the country of childhood so simply? Just get in the car and go. But this country was not our country. The road I sought, long, straight and pale, lay beneath another road, across a membrane I could not pierce. Still the ragged lady gums, danced their set across the river bridge. But the drought had lifted. The hearts of the horsetail grass were green. The paddocks chartreuse, nubbled velvet strewn with what I took to be litter, but later saw was a voluminous cast of white cockatoos, gorging on plenty. But of course you don't know. You are not here to tell. The membrane is thickening and that country is drifting away. There is no one here with me to watch it go. Rooms. All night and day it rains. Till at dusk I lift a window for the air and my lost brother is outside. Slick with rain, disdaining the bamboo pergola in his wild way. Leaper into deep pools. Eater of unnecessary chilies. How handsome he is. How well age wears his face. He does not see me. Now all the empty rooms of the holiday house are full of my lost family. How did I not see they were here? I can hear the children I've never met bouncing on the candle-wicked beds beside their lost parents. They shriek like whipbirds. On a dry patch of deck, my lost mother and the man recline with wine 
tanned, loose, happy. She slides the flywire, mind on dinner, and her eye slips right through me. Belinda's poem makes me sad. It's not how I like to think of the outdoors, as a space filled with memories that hurt. They are not bad memories by themselves, but they can't be shared anymore. They've become estranged, stranded somehow in the landscape. They exist in a vacuum of the past, never to be shared again, cherished and listened to for the hundredth time. Those privileges are gone, and the places that hold them become a reminder of that loss. Hi there, my name's Emma. I'm on top of the Cam Longdown Ridge in the beautiful Cotswolds, and I'm queer out here. In this piece, Jenny List, engineer and journalist, is out for a wander on New Year's Day. She addresses one of the central questions of this project, how being queer, in this case being trans, relates to being outdoors, or whether it does at all. Being trans doesn't mean that you will go walking, but Jenny points out that the hoops that trans people need to jump through, so in this case the requirement which is enforced by surgeons that trans people not be fat if they want to access certain transition-related surgical interventions, those hoops mean that some trans people have a very particular reason or motivation to be outside. Just do a quick level check. Yes, that looks, that's looking good. Excellent. Ah, well... I'm Jenny List. I'm uh, just walking along uh, a slightly muddy bridal path on New Year's Day. Uh, about where Buckinghamshire meets Oxfordshire. So I suspect I uh, started in uh, Oxfordshire. I'm now in Buckinghamshire. Just letting myself through a gate. It's a slightly raw and cold day. Uh, as January the 1st often is, it's very grey, but uh, I seem to have the place to myself. Uh, probably after lunch all the uh, groups of grumpy uh, holiday families will be out uh, exposing their uh, familial rows after having been cooped up together at the uh, home of the matriarch for the last week. Uh, but for now... Uh, Blessedly empty. Just walking along a uh, very, very, very minor country lane uh, with uh, fields of uh, winter wheat just uh, poking through the soil on either side of me. Uh, it's uh, interesting to ponder the whole queer out thing, queer out here thing, because uh, of course uh, I'm out here, I walk a lot, uh, but uh, am I especially queer by being out here? The answer is probably not. Uh, I've lived in this part of the world all my life, and uh, before I came out of the closet as trans, I still walked around on New Year's Day in a pair of old wellies and a pair of old jeans and a jumper, just as I am at the moment, and uh, was I any more or less queer then? Uh, so, in a way, I'm not coming out of here to be queer. But then again, there is a queer aspect to a lot of the walking I do. Uh, it's something that... Uh, it's a bit of a narrative surrounding transition, that uh, people come out of the closet as trans. They uh, wait a little bit, but uh, end up going to the uh, gender clinic. Uh, some gender clinics have a much longer wait than others, but if they're private, they go straight into it. And... 
18 months, two years later, they have their surgery and that's it, they're done. But of course, uh, transition is not that simple. Uh, many of the extreme fast trackers who do that kind of thing uh, then fall flat on their faces when they wake up after a few months and realise that the thing that's been their massive focus for the last two years is gone and there's a big void in their life that they haven't filled. They haven't done the required... Um, socialisation and all the other things uh, and that narrative rather um, neglects the the other side of the trans community, the people for whom transition isn't a speedy process uh, for me I've it's eight years since I went to see uh, my GP in the first instance I've had a very slow journey through the system, partly because I tried to stay in there for my wife, it didn't work and then I've had one or two medical ups and downs, uh, but uh, along the way I've met quite a few of the very fast transitioners and also come to know a group of slow trainers, people for whom they've got stuck along the way. And most of them are stuck because they've got to the point where they're referred for surgery and they're too much, too, too, too overweight. They have to lose some, uh, some fat. And at that point you get into a very awkward kind of holding pattern. Uh, on one side you've got people fat shaming. Uh, I should say I'm not one of those people. My reasons for being held back are different. But there's a lot of sort of fat shaming. A lot of invisibility that... Uh, other people in the trans community don't really realise that uh, these people are stuck in the system. Uh, and there's a lot of real triggering uh, from people who've gone through very quickly and won't stop going on about it and don't realise that the person they're talking to has their own private turmoils with the length it's taking for them. So back to why that has relevance to being queer out here. Obviously one of the ways to lose weight is exercise. And I find that one or two of my walking partners are trans women who have some weight to lose um, and are slow trainers like me. And so it's very odd because we're not there to be queer out here, so to speak. But then again, one of the reasons we're doing so much exercise is related to our transitions. Uh, as I say, I'm the odd one out being very tall and lean, but uh, it's a common theme among the friends I go walking with that quite a few of them are in this situation. Uh, the, uh, the damp and wet January countryside doesn't judge you by uh, who you are, uh, what your body shape is, or um, where you've reached in your transition path. I do wish there were more members of the wider trans community who'd see it that way. Anyway, I'm just uh, walking up a slight hill with, uh, on my right, what looks like a field that had oilseed rape in it last year, because there's lots of little sprouts coming through. I think it's been left fallow over the winter, though. Um, probably in about half an hour I'll come back in, and uh, I will have very cold hands. Anyway, it's just my thoughts on the whole queer out here thing. That's the thing about being in nature. 
We all have different experiences, of course, because we're all individuals. But there's so much more that we have in common about being in the outdoors, the feeling of air on our face, of trying to escape worries when we go for a walk, or perhaps trying to better ourselves in some way by exercising. I love this audio zine. Thank you to Alice and Jonathan, who put all the work into Queer Out Here. And you can find them on Twitter and Facebook and at their website, queerouthere.com. And thank you also to the contributors from Issue 1 of Queer Out Here who let me replay their words and sounds. And you can hunt down their details on the Off Track or the Queer Out Here website. And if you identify as LGBTQIA+, consider contributing to this zine. It's really easy to do and the world will value your perspective. My name is Anne Jones and I'll be back with new episodes of Off Track soon. I'm just working on a special project for the ABC at the moment. Remember to listen to Off Track next time because that's when I'll take you somewhere else.
One of the great things about being outdoors in nature is that it unifies us with experience. We all feel the air on our face or the cold or the heat. We all try to escape worries by going for walks or run to achieve our goals. But of course, we're all individuals, so our experience of nature and the outdoors can be distinct in some ways. On Off Track, Queer Out Here, a special presentation where we listen to other people's perspectives, not just our own.